Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What dark deeds unfold on the streets of Arkham? And which unwitting souls, innocent or impure, will succumb to the maddening call? The call... Of Cthulhu. Experience the unknowable horror and black comedy of Nerdy Show's Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program, an RPG audio drama. Find it at CthulhuMystery.com or wherever you procure fine podcasts. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all lizards across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and lizard destination. And with generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine lizard programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Trench. I'm Boar. And I'm John. Oh, well, well, well. (laughs) In this episode, we're going to be covering all the latest happenings in the nerd world. That's what we do every other week here on Nerdy Show. So let's begin. Trench, it's been a day since uh, since you were on an episode of Nerdy Show. What's, What's cooking? I mean... It's kind of depressing. I don't know if we really want to get into that because we don't usually talk well, about that stuff on the show. Who, who died? Everybody die? Everyone died, didn't they? Everyone. Tragically. Oh, God. In a plane explosion. So sorry for breaking it up. Over the Bermuda Triangle. No, I've uh, just had to focus on myself and personal stuff a lot recently. Uh, I had probably like the worst feelings of depression I've had in like the last 10 years. Oh, over so Over the winter and... Uh, kind of fucked up a lot of shit I had going on, and so I've just been cleaning up my, you know, cleaning up my everything. Is that <laughs> why you asked me if we were uh, had the the nerdy show listener requested microsode about uh, social anxiety and depression? Partially scheduled yet? We don't have that scheduled yet. We're gonna do that eventually. Sounds like we some of most of us, many of us, probably could use that. Possibly, though. Fortunately, it's not the winter anymore. <laughs> the winter is the brisk killer. It's quite brisk outside, and it will statistically kill you more likely than not. And, and this is the only documented case where this has ever happened, but I actually said, Trench, have you tried not feeling like that? And he was like, huh, no, I guess I haven't. And that's what snapped him out of it, and here he is. <laughs> He's doing a lot better now. <laughs> if only, yeah, right? And you're, and you're welcome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making it all about you, Boar. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I do. You really granted him some much-needed clarity. <laughs> Well, uh, John, how about you? What's new for our ver- favorite virtual boy? I've been watching them them space dandy because I'm you know out of touch with reality. <laughs> oh, finally! Sp- you're right? finally. <laughs> how do you like the show that I loved several years ago? <laughs> I uh, you know, it it took me a little bit to be like, well, there are absolutely no rules, and there's literally no rules about anything that happens in this. Uh, I like the second you know, season. There, there is the at least one, one rule, and that is they always go to space. Dandy always survives. <laughs> no, no, you're right, Matt. He always goes to boobies, <laughs> and everything's canon, even though you know nothing makes any sense about how anything at all. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, John. Um, I don't I, know I, anything <laughs> about this show, but I do now know that there's boobies uh, and cannons. That's as bad as we and zombies. Oh well, and he's a dandy guy. Okay, okay, in so space. you're right. You're right. I took. I I just disregarded the fact that people might not know what Space Dandy is, and it, I just assumed it was only John who was out of touch. Oh, Space Dandy is a anime made by the same team that made Cowboy Bebop, and it's like Red Dwarf. The anime. How old is it? Is it newer like than two, Much two, newer. Three years at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's fairly new. Yeah, it's it's fairly new. It's two self-contained seasons, a remarkable soundtrack, 
incredible animation. They hired on a different designer for every individual yeah. alien species, so they Not all every look different. every episode. Oh, for yeah, for every for each episode, yeah. they had a different guy design, oh. a different person, I should say, design the the oh. aliens. Interesting. And and. It, Really, every episode is its, it's own not, unique and precious gem. Yeah, it's not yeah. just the seasons that are self-contained. It's each episode is <laughs> yeah. self-contained. Huh. Well, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to check that out. That sounds cool. Yeah, it is. It is very cool. Um, Speaking of anime, I've actually been catching up on Dragon Ball Super, which e- is great. Everyone keeps saying that Dragon Ball Super lives up to its name. It's really good. Like, well, I, if you like <laughs> the original Dragon Ball Z in any way shape or form this will hit what about all just the, right the original buttons. dragon ball yeah i'm with john yeah what about that, just... that too that too because <laughs> when, when z started i was like i don't care about this anymore but dragon ball yeah. i love me a dragon ball well, singular this kind of takes on dragon ball z's mantle where absolutely everybody they fight they just keep turning up the power mm-hmm. just, you know solving more problems with hey goku just get stronger no problem you know that 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 type of thing, but it's still fun. Uh, there's a lot of more slice of life episodes that are hilarious, and you get to see like what what they're doing and the and when they're not fighting, and and that's pretty fun. Uh, that's good. Uh, it's the slice of life stuff was my favorite part. Always the training <laughs> was not. Um, so well, I have a there's question. There's only so many training montage, right? <laughs> it's not really a montage so much as it is episodes. No, everybody on gets the shit kicked out of them until they just get training, stronger. <laughs> training is way better than. Powering up for multiple episodes. That's true. I mean, <laughs> charging my attack. Thing? No. Okay, I have a question then. So, will you be able to get into Dragon Ball Super if the last Dragon Ball you saw was, uh, let's say the Frieza saga? It assumes that you saw all the way through the Boo saga. Mm-hmm. Uh. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it totally disregards GT. It disregards some Dragon Ball, huh? It, it disregards GT, which wasn't made by Toriyama. Oh. It, they just kind of like went off on their own tangent with that one, and it was kind of its own crazy thing. I, I, I feel you. Okay, so it's the, the Highlander 2 of Dragon Ball. Yeah, and if GT was still canon, it would still be like further in the future than Super is currently because Pan was more grown up. She's just a baby in this one, but you don't even know who that is because you didn't finish Dragon I Ball no idea. Z. Yeah. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, at thanks to one convention with Arceus, um, which was very slow and very pointless, um, I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z abridged for the first time after years ah. and years of people telling me. You could probably and, actually watch all of Dragon Ball Z abridged and then start watching. Super. I was about that would probably I was about work. to make inquiries because I did actually surpass the amount of Dragon Ball Z that I'd seen for like IRL Dragon Ball Z. That would probably not, work. Okay. That sounds better. But if I you liked... wanted the full experience, I would probably watch Dragon Ball Kai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Dragon Ball Dragon Kai. Dragon Ball Kai, <laughs> they, they remastered the original Dragon Ball Z. Like, they re-scanned all of the original cells. Uh-huh. And, and they, then they, they cut, cut out, out a lot of the filler and bullshit. The, and a lot the, of the charging my special attack and for the, six the ten minute recap and and uh, what what's happening next time. Well, that sounds ideal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Okay. And and so Super is that's on what Cartoon Network these days or uh Crunchyroll is the easiest way to watch it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't watch anime so I don't use Crunchyroll. I'm out of touch. I, don't know, I know what I don't I know, know what's there. on cable ever, so you know, I can tell you the streaming service to look at, but <laughs> that's about it. That's all you're going to get out of me. Ever. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> And John, uh, let's see, you were watching Space Danny. Okay, so that's so then we covered Bore. You've been watching, so it's just it's just me then, I guess. Yeah, go for it. What do you got? What do I got? What do I got? I finally saw Wonder Woman. It was really good. Oh, finally! I know, like, I know. Shit, I still haven't wow. seen Wonder Woman. Like a year later. Yeah. Congrats. Well, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit less than a year, but yeah, no, it was it was great. It was worth the wait. Did you notice the parallels with Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> I did not. Should I have? The basically the the last fourth of the movie is Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> can you explain that? I can, but it would be major spoilers. Let's just assume. Well, Brent, okay, Trench hasn't seen it. I don't so, really care though. So, well, our, let's assume that everyone caught up at the same time as I did. At a certain point, she starts fighting Frieza, and and things start to happen in the same exact way that Goku fought Frieza. Huh. I don't even I mean, remember seen, enough. I of it should for say that to make I have sense. seen like the first. 
15 or 30 minutes, like up until right before she leaves the island. It's just I funny that we were that. talking about Dragon Ball Z and then you brought up a movie that I compare to Dragon yeah, Ball. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's prob- that's mm. fascinating. And I'd probably be like, oh, wow, yeah, but I don't remember. I'll break it down to you more uh, in detail. <laughs> off the mic. Off the mic, okay. but I don't want to spoil anybody's day yeah, beyond, no. beyond what I already did. I feel yeah, that's great. That's That's very good and respectful and awesome. Rats off to you. But a lot of people that have seen it will probably know what I'm talking about if you're Dragon Ball fans. Mm. Let's see. Um, I'm st- Riverdale came back from a short hiatus. I just want to give props to Riverdale again because they had an episode where they went to like a, a kind of like a staycation somewhere. And they like the details in the show, the, the weird, complex nerdity in the show that's so specific. There's like the the pillowcases that Archie and Veronica are sleeping on have the pattern of the floor tiles from the shining hotel on them what <laughs> this show is so weird like they're huh. like if and, and i wouldn't have even really remembered that or recognized that pattern except that i drew them last year for an assignment so mm. like but that's so nuanced and i love that show interesting it's so weird i've seen people inject that pattern into a lot of art in the past few years yeah, God, I thought you were just saying into their arm. <laughs> yes, they inject well, patterns into their arm. They take Whoa. stills of the the film and then they just grind it up and just no, shoot it up. They inject hey man, you want to shoot up some art? <laughs> it's like you're, I mean, you're saying shooting up some art. You're saying injecting your arm. It's like you're talking about the art of tattooing, which is basically injecting into your arm over and over and over and over and over again with a tiny needle full of ink. Yeah, I've got. I like, prefer the idea that, that there's no rational reason to do it, and it's just pure nuts ritual. Honestly, honestly, if you well, I say you can have reasons for doing it, but like I've got three tattoos. No, I, 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 I think John. No, 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 no. <laughs> dark reasons. French, oh. very <laughs> dark. Like actually grinding up the film and putting it in your body for some reason. <laughs> okay. Like like when uh, Kiss did the blood pact and put some of their blood in the vial in the in the ink tanks that made their their Marvel comic from the 1970s. Yeah. I actually saw a really cool tattoo that had like UV reactive ink, so it was like black light would make it show up. That's I think that amazing. would be really cool for something like uh like a full metal alchemist transmutation circle somewhere on your body that if you got under black light it would just like show up glowing. And I was just thinking it would be really Aren't those cool. Formulations dangerous. <laughs> of equivalent of exchange. <laughs> It would be <laughs> the equivalent exchange. The, yeah, the, the shining tiles would be actually a really cool sleeve tattoo, and then you could put that some of that special ink on it. And when you hit a black light, it says red rum. Yeah, you could totally do that. And if you do do that, please write in Nerdy Show. We'd be thrilled. <laughs> um, How I, much are you willing to pay me to get that done? <sighs> we don't have that kind of budget. I've got ten dollars. But start an Indiegogo. Not enough. You'll get some some very um, rabid Stephen King fans that will want you to do that. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure. And then you can go, um, you know, work at a hotel, and or try to, and they'll be like, they look at your arms, and be like, we ain't hiring you, pal. <laughs> we don't we don't want to clean up the blood stains. But for my ten dollars, think of how much triple antibiotic ointment you could buy to cover up that tattoo after you got it done. Maybe a vial, which would be enough. Would it? Yeah. Are you sure? No. <laughs> <laughs> I also just saw A Wrinkle in Time, which is my topic for today. I ha- I know absolutely nothing about that movie. I read the other book. Other than Oprah is in it. I read yes. the book in sixth grade, and it has been so long that at this point I remember like nothing about the book except that there is a girl who is the main character, and she has a younger brother. And Oprah. And their dad goes missing. And Oprah's in it. John, you've read this book. I have. Do you remember this book at all? I remember bits and pieces, but my recollections are probably nuts. I remember her waking up naked on a bed or something with strange aliens around her and slowly coming to terms with their bizarre, weird ways of communicating. So this is a sexy movie. Mm. I doubt that that happens. Uh, that does happen, actually, but not in the movie. That is actually part of my favorite uh, the- my favorite sequence when Meg meets Aunt Beast. But um, they cut it out for understandable reasons mostly due to understandable pacing reasons but i will I, let me let me let me break the story down so a wrinkle in time is written by madeline leangle and it's a mid-20th century science fiction that she had a really hard time selling when she was shopping it around because it is a hard sci-fi and it is a children's book so they're dealing with physics concepts like tesseracts mm-hmm. and so on that are only common to normal people folk you I know thought that was a marvel days. concept <laughs> that's a name that they arbitrarily applied to one of the infinity <laughs> gems <laughs> anyway the plot of a wrinkle in time is there's a scientist 
who disappeared and he left behind his wife, his daughter, and their young autistic son. And he's been gone for a few years, but then one night... That poor kid, he was probably vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) One night, uh, a strange woman shows up and their lives get thrust into chaos because there are there are forces at work. Their father disappeared without a trace. That was that was kind of the weird thing about it. He didn't just walk off one day and he had a happy life. He wouldn't just disappear. But now this small town is talking and didn't he disappear from like the basement or something like <laughs> I forget where he disappeared in the book. Um, I guess probably his lab, which would be in the house. Um, yeah, but uh, there these these three women show up. Mrs. What's it? Mrs. Witch and Mrs. Who? And they are celestial beings. You find out in the book, though not in the movie at all, that uh, they were once stars, that all stars are sentient, and that they they sacrificed their blissful existence as a gas giant to become corporeal beings of a kind in order to help save the universe from the darkness. Yeah, I remember there's some kind of like light versus dark great war going on. It seems like if, if you were trying to stop the darkness, you'd be really dumb to stop being a star. And now I'm randomly remembering kids bouncing balls. Yes, there's a very famous sequence where um, Meg, the main character, and Charles Wallace, her little brother, and this boy named Calvin, who uh, <laughs> is along for the ride. Ridiculous. Um, they, they travel to a planet that's been consumed in darkness called Kamazots, where one of the first things that they see there is a suburban 1950s cookie cutter landscape where all these children are bouncing it's balls completely and, in and darkness outside. It is the, the, the darkness is an ethereal darkness. It's a conceptual darkness. It's not mm. a literal darkness. Um, oh. the, it, this is, it's, I was going to say, that'd be really dumb if their star just decided to become a person. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's, it's. It's both a hard science fiction and also a a metaphysical uh, fable of a kind. Like it's a it's about um, not darkness in the kind of typical sense that we see in cinema of of and like not a war in any kind of typical sense. It's about kind of like a hearts and minds sort of thing. It's about the corrupting influence of um, of dark dark forces that bring people down. And then when someone's when someone becomes afraid. Uh, then they'll like you know they'll lash out to someone else and just sort of the 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 plague that the negativity does cause um and is this, our world currently in this state uh it is it, yeah there's a shadow it's like a like a like a smog haze over the over the world that you can't see no i mean like but, just just right oh, now presently now yes yeah this is a very in real life very timely release for the film i'm sure madeline lee angle felt it back in the mid-century you know when when during during their cold war now that we're in another one this is a very very well-timed film to come out um, are we really in a cold war right now? And well, we, we are in the darkest we, timeline. If we are, did we just switch sides and that's the difference I don't, between the old one and the y- new one? You know, perspective is important in this <laughs> and I don't feel that we have any right now. Huh. It's all too crazy and cluttered. Because if there was a cold war right now, it would probably be North Korea, us, and Russia versus the world, right? That seems right. You're forgetting China's participation. Oh, yeah, China probably too. Yeah, life is like a magic eye that you can't discern the uh, the massive image. It's a motherfucking kaleidoscope right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, you know, a magic eye until eventually you can see the schooner. But I don't think we're going to see the schooner anytime soon. <laughs> it's gonna... not a schooner. It's a boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so A Wrinkle in Time is a very complicated story, a very difficult story to adapt. And this is not the first time it's been done. It was done on television about 10 years ago on ABC. And it was done very poorly. Um, That's not surprising, considering. Was Oprah in that one, too? No. Um, However, a a member of Corky and the Juice Pigs weirdly played... What the hell is a Corky and a Juice Pig? ...called the Happy Medium, um, who's now played by Zach Galifianakis in this film. Uh, Corky and the Juice Pigs are a... Now, if you were to tell me (laughs) Zach Galifianakis and Corky and the Juice Pig, I would probably be like, that sounds like a good role for him. (laughs) Yeah, he did a good job. Uh... (laughs) The, the just real quick, Corky and the Juice Pigs were a early '90s uh, comedy rock group. They're kind of surrealist. They're a lot of fun. Um, they it just did... seems like a nickname for Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he took the role. He was probably a bit a big fan. Is he Canadian? Uh, I, everybody who's kind of funny usually is. Well, Corky so. and the Juice Pigs were Canadian, so he probably is familiar with their work. I don't. I know nothing about the bare naked ladies used to open for Corky and the Juice Pigs. For some perspective there. But, you know, a kind of perspective. I don't know what kind, what perspective it is. At one the point, every band starts to 
open for some other lesser band, right? Yeah, probably. Yes, the answer is yes. Anyway, the Wrinkle in Time film, it had a lot riding on it. The trailer looked very compelling. I'm a huge fan of it, and early on, like in my youth, it was probably the first written work that I read and thought, I'd love to make a movie of this. So I've got some very strong opinions about what should and shouldn't be in the film. What they've done with it is interesting because they took what was a a kind of, uh, well, I suppose there was not a strong visual element to the book outside of certain sort of, like a certain geometry to it, like uh, a cul-de-sac of bouncing balls or um, the strange wastelands on other planets and so on. There were some, they were not really particularly like meticulously described. It's a children's book after all. Um, sometimes they go whole hog, sometimes they don't. But in this case, it's like they they, they, they said, we're going to make this Alice in Wonderland. We're going to make this um, The Wizard of Oz for now. And as such, the set design is great. The costume design is absolutely bonkers. And they've added a very substantial visual element to this film. It's very... It's it's like a music video. It's kind of like you know that movie The Cell, with uh, Jennifer oh, Lopez. Yes. Yeah, it's like The Cell, but not a horror movie. Hmm. And it's not a foolproof adaptation. There are some things that I really do take issue with, and some missing pieces I wish were there. But the heart of the film, the agenda of the story, or the heart of the story and the agenda of 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 it, in is is actually there in a pretty compelling way. The main character matters a lot. Um, Charles Wallace, the little kid who's a very central point, he's like a an unusual little boy who didn't talk for a long time, and then all of a sudden he talked with big, big words. He's very well handled in this. Um, unfortunately, Calvin, the like Meg's potential love interest, is uh, he's really well done, but he doesn't get enough screen time in in, uh, in this. Um, and Oprah's in it, and she's great. She's actually. I heard that Oprah was in it. There actually. was a, you know, I had a theory for a while that Oprah, you know, maybe was secretly dead, and they just took a bunch of photos of her, and that's how there's a different picture of her on the cover of her magazine every <laughs> month. But it turns out she's alive, and she's still doing. She's doing great stuff. You know, I just I hadn't seen her in forever. Uh, how much did you like this movie? Is it, should I go see it? Should everybody go see it? That is. Should I only go see it if I've got movie pass? Like, how good is it? It was good, but I do think it it could have been an all ages film, and in this case, I think it was really a very a, a challenging film for a younger audience. So I don't really think that it's gonna like it's very cool to watch. I think it could have had more substance for um, adults to watch as well. So I'm gonna say, Bore, you might like parts of it, but I don't think overall you'd be like, huh, eh, that was all right. I mean, you don't think I would even say uh, that's all right. No, I think you would say that. Oh, OK. I think you would say that. But I think they probably wouldn't get much further than that. Oh, okay. But I do think that it is an important movie. I, there's a lot of reasons this movie is as important. One is that it has these like it is kind of a hard sci fi movie. It has a very good message in it. Um, and it has an extremely uh, diverse cast. That I mean, it's about a, a young girl who ha- who's like interested in physics. It it has there's lots of like merit in it. It sort of it, it can it could potentially empower people, especially young women. And for that reason, I think that you know if you have if you want to see this film, you should see this film. It will be a good time. It might not maybe if you if you're like me and grew up reading it, and if, I probably read this book probably more than any other book, which isn't saying much because it's a quick read. But like I go back to it often, and uh. You know, I don't, I I would have wanted more from it, but what I got was very well done. And if they'd gone a little bit farther, it was already a two hour long movie. If they had another 20 minutes, it probably would have been perfect um, or even, even 15. But, you know, they already were making a long, you know, all ages film. So, well, I do need to feel more empowered as a woman. So maybe I will go see it. I'm, and if you, if you have kids, don't hesitate. Do see this film like on. I might be a little dark for them and good because I grew up on Watership Down and that shit's important. 
Yep, subjecting kids to horror builds character. The, this this film was was really well put together, and I'd say the the one thing it was lacking is if we're if we're looking at other directors to compare work to, it could have had a little bit more David Lynch, a little more Richard Kelly, the guy who did Donnie Darko and um this uh, the box. I think if if you had if you took this film Wrinkle in Time as it currently is and combined it with Richard Kelly's film The Box, you'd get a more perfect Wrinkle in Time film. But uh, don't take my word for it. <laughs> That's all I've got to go on at this point. Well, too bad. You guys, yeah, see it yourself. Use a movie pass. I don't know. It's really good. It's deserve. There should. There's. There are sequels to this book. This movie did not set them up. Really, the book did not. Does not rely on its sequels. It's a great standalone story. But it would be kind of neat if, if someone attempts to make the follow up book, A Wind in the Door. That will be absolutely mind blowing because that one is very difficult to wrap one's head around so i would love to see them try so i remember trying to read that and i just got like after the first chapter i was like i'm gonna kill myself (laughs) that's very uh why do you remember why no i just remember being like oh what's even happening i have no idea what's going on the end i had a similar experience with uh dune (laughs) (laughs) and it's not that i couldn't get my head around what was happening because i'd seen like the tv miniseries that was produced before i read the book Mm -hmm. so i had an overall you know what the idea of what was going on it was just the way the story is written it's so dry i just got bored i just couldn't read that book these are different books (laughs) the not everybody is warren ellis (laughs) not everybody's talking about inflating your testicles with a saline solution not everybody is, but you know, but we are it's now. A, it's a great pastime that. <laughs> I can't even imagine how painful that would be. No, man, that's uh, that's hamster chic. You got to have your your balls like you know be disproportionate to the rest of your well or you know. Pr- I mouse, saw the South Park episode. You just you need to just put them in the microwave or whatever they did. And then you can bounce up and down on them. I don't think I saw that one. Really. That's uh, that's interesting. You probably would remember the one where Randy was bouncing around on his testicles. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those big inflatable bouncy things. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's a hop along or whatever those are called. I never had one. I don't know what the branding is on that. And I would hazard to guess that there might have been, you know, multiple attempts at that. <laughs> but yoga balls for children. Yoga balls with handles. Yoga balls with pleasure nubs. Um. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's enough about enough about that. I think that it, you should if you see see the movie, um, and if you've read the book, get ready to I suppose check some of your high expectations if they were potentially as high as mine. But it's very good. And if you if you have kids, see it. If you want an incredible visual experience, see it. If you take drugs, maybe you know maybe see it. It might be good. I hear I hear that that's a a good thing to do. You no, know, no, not gonna. Do or that. horrible, no, no. depending. Well, no. Here's the thing: people take drugs and watch Pink Floyd's The Wall, and that's a terrible mm. idea. Because not only is that movie an anti-drug film, by all respect, like that's a horrible, scary movie. It's a scary, scary movie. Why would you want to? Some people are into that, man. It's it is it is itself a bad trip without any augmentation. So I'm just you know, but but this movie, it's pretty good visually. It's pretty good. It'll take you places. Anyway. Uh, let's talk about Alexa laughing at people spontaneously. <laughs> That's a thing that happened in the past couple weeks. And I think I had like three or four people ask me if my Alexa had gone crazy. Do we know anyone to whom this happened to? No. So apparently Alexa would randomly I know start several people that have many of them too. And no, yeah. no nobody said it, anything. It would just them. start laughing. That's the, the thing that was the, uh, the reported thing. But as it turned out, the reason why was that, um, Basically, it would be on occasion misinterpreting stuff because the command was Alexa laugh. Yeah, the the there was a bug or a glitch in the algorithm that managed its voice recognition stuff for that specific command. So it would just pick out of white noise going on in the background that it would think that it heard somebody say the command. Huh. It's like that's uh, weird. Yeah, that's like so. It must have just been like certain conditions in certain people's houses. Basically, yeah. Causing a false positive for a very, very short, short command, which they've now changed to, hey, Alexa, can you laugh? In which case it goes, yes, I can. And then, and then, then it starts laugh. laughing. So now if it accidentally hears that, it's just going to go, yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> which is maybe worse. Yeah. Because then then it's Alexa making a statement about, you know, the, the powers <laughs> The powers that Alexa has, which are exponential. Yes, well, it can. only has as much power as you give it, but 
sure. Many people bequeath- people are tempted to give it a lot of power. Yeah, which is kind of like you know your cell phone or your personal computer these days, where you get all uh, complacent oh. with like your passwords and stuff that you leave in. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of complacency happening right now. We gotta. It's gonna it's gonna be an interesting day when um when all of our respective smart home scenarios are are simultaneously See, hacked. And just yeah, I think you're worried about that. Christ, I'm already worrying about Ghost in the Shell. So how this this was a benign case where like literally all it did was you know laugh creepily. What happens when the command for like hey Alexa order me pizza or oh you that's know, already happened. People like it'll hear stuff off TV and just order stuff for people and. I always think that those are hilarious because then you have to like you have enabled the the feature for like voice purchases like that, which I think is kind of dumb. That's yeah. That, yeah, it's literally insane to do that. It's engineering your own irresponsibly, even if you are the one telling Alexa to do that for you. Yeah, I can see why Amazon wants you yeah. to be able to have that ability, but I don't understand why anyone would want to order things that way, like on their own. Or like, or worse, you know, like say society goes along the way where we've decided that it's appropriate or a good idea to give like defense technology these kinds of systems. When it's like, oh hey it decided to pick out the launch codes somehow. Yeah, well, even if, even if, like, say you wanted to be able to reorder ramen really easily from Alexa, and you wanted to say, Alexa, order ramen, and it's like, all right, ordered 78 cases of ramen. Like, that's the thing about Amazon, is you, there's so many different selections and then quantities and, and stuff like that, and different sellers that you can buy from that you never know what you're going to be buying just with a simple voice command like that. It is really that random. You don't set it up in advance to like, I don't know. Like I, I've never enabled that, but it's probably easier for a reorder. Than, I think that's, it's more for like a reorders of an order you've already completed, but, but you can just order brand new stuff too. Like you can be like, Hey Alexa, what are buy some me deals a TV. today? And it'll be like, <laughs> I've got a TV. Yeah. You know, I totally forgot something. I, I, I saw another movie recently I saw half of it. I need to see the rest of it, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I can't wait it's, to hear what you think about half of this movie that we don't know oh, what it is. Oh, yes. You cannot wait. It's called The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T. And this is a oh, movie... Oh, is this the uh, Dr. Seuss one? Uh, yeah. This, this is a movie written by Dr. Seuss. It was made in uh, 1953, and it has been lost in obscurity. Doc, Dr. Seuss even omitted it from his autobiography. It's one of those... Th- like, I saw the still from it. They got posted in the lounge. And it's just one of those crazy things where it's like, I feel like I've seen it somehow, but I, it's probably just one of those things. It's you know. possible. There are people who have seen this before. I'd never heard about this before, but I have a friend who works at MeTV and uh, she was promoting it being aired, which I'm assuming is a kind of random occurrence. This probably doesn't get shopped around too much. This thing is, it. it you ever seen The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari? It's like a... a the German horror film. Um, th- this thing is insane. Dr. Seuss worked on the set design. Dr. Seuss wrote the songs. Dr. Seuss supervised the choreography for this. And it's about a, a little boy who goes into this Alice in, again, Alice in Wonderland-like dreamland, hence the connection to Wrinkle in Time, um, where he, this piano teacher is setting up a piano to be played by 500 little boys. So hence the 5,000 fingers. And this little boy's mom has been brainwashed by this guy and he's wandering through this dystopian Dr. Seuss setting to try to help her and getting this plumber to like convince this plumber guy to like to help him out in a pre super Mario kind of hero plumber kind of way. And there's, there's odd things like two men that look sort of like the Thompson twins from uh, the adventures of Tintin with conjoined beards on roller skates doing all these like trick moves. Um, it's, it's super strange. And the movie had a, a, a test run made of it. It didn't test well at all. Weird. So, so they chopped a bunch out of it, added in a new framing device. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That's like the opening of the film and then um, eliminated something like 11 of the songs from the movie, though they were released on a subsequent soundtrack record. The original cut of it has been lost. Along with it, tons and tons of ex- the most unusual, darkest stuff from the film. Because apparently it was made as like a response to World War II. Um, let's see, what was it? Themes of world dominance and oppression coming out of World War II was the original 1,200-page t- uh, script that Dr. Seuss wrote for this. Wow. Do you want to conjoin beards so we can do some sick tricks, Spore? Sick tricks! It might take quite a while to grow out a beard. And then... We'd have to get that conjoining technology. No, you just weave them together. Weave the strands together. In fact, start now. I don't know how to weave anything. <laughs> get good. <laughs> anyway, from what I've seen so far, it's incredible. It's really dark. It's really strange. The songs are dumb, but like, <laughs> but actually, because they're like Dr. Seuss rhymes, the lyrics are like pretty. It's pretty well written for like the dumb music of the era and the obligatory like we gotta have a musical sequence because it's a Hollywood picture. <laughs> like they're actually, it's actually kind of like charming because they're 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 just as saccharine and stupid as say like, cheer up Charlie, the worst song in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But the lyrics are actually good because Dr. Seuss was good at wordplay. Hmm. Anyway, five thousand fingers of Dr. T. You can buy it on DVD. It is super strange. And if you ha- if you know anyone who might have that original version, you it is imperative. Morally, that you so burn it and leave it. No, <laughs> no! to go to waste that forever. You, you force them to bring it public. We got to see this thing. It's like one of the great lost films of the 1950s. It's got to be. Kill it with fire. Kill air it. quotes. Great. Yeah, air quotes. Great. <laughs> but I mean, I can. Hey, I can guarantee this. You've never seen anything like it before. That's that's got to be true. That's not necessarily a good thing, though. Isn't it, though? Isn't it in a world where we see so many of the same things over and over and over again that someone made a film that is remarkably different from anything you've ever seen before? So is it Prospero's books, then? It is the Prospero's books of the 1950s. (laughs) Oh, God. Thanks for bringing up Prospero's books. You can hear me talk about Prospero's books a little bit more in next week's episode. (laughs) where we. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Where what we, the hell? <laughs> it's just, Why are you even talking about that thing? <laughs> this is this is just beautiful synchronicity at play, John. Next week we're doing an episode on independent sci-fi fantasy publishing. It's a listener request, and we speak with Ali Grower of Get Hype Podcast and Warda from uh, One Shot Network about uh, about publishing fiction books. So get excited for that, John. Is there any other science and technology stuff we should be bringing up right now, aside from you know Alexa's um, eventual robot dominance? I mean, the other thing that's been shuffled around a bit is the uh, crazy shots coming from NASA's uh, infrared camera floating around Jupiter. Um, the North Pole has some really crazy shit going on there. Well, like what? Giant, massive, spinny tornadoes, grandiose scale, geometric patterns. It looks like a bundle of roses, practically, but also polygonal. Is that right? Anyway. As in made of polygons. Yes, as in there's one huge one, and then there's a whole bunch of them around it. Isn't that spinning. something that we already know about Jupiter, is that there's a bunch of spinny shit on it? Well, there's the big eye, but yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's some this giant, is crazy. That's some you look giant at the photo and you're like, shit. what the fuck am I even looking at? Seriously, I do not understand. Yeah, but like, I mean, I guess it'd be cool to look at, but is it really that unexpected? I think the geometric qualities these of it. Things? The geometric stuff you can actually see frequently if you look at um, various thermodynamic systems, but seeing it also as I usually at, am. Know, well, yeah, I mean, clearly you read Into the Cool, the uh, you know foremost book on. Hey, uh, I wrote by your way to cool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me about cool. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just it's crazy to see it on that kind of a scale. And it's really uh, quite a striking piece of work from just an artistic perspective, like the photo. 
Well, actually, I guess it was composite from like a billion sources. Anyway, nuts, weird stuff. Well, Other than that, though, I mean, the sound of the spheres, man. There was also the incident where um, a Chinese courtroom actually had a guy wandering around wearing a Vive. Uh, I guess he was the uh, only um, witness to a murder or something. Yeah, yeah. They they used VR in a courtroom in China to recreate the murder scene. The witness was able to actually walk around in the courtroom and, you know, showing up on huge monitors or whatever, uh, like... Yeah, and he, you know, he did this and he grabbed the person there and then, you know, like basically talked through the entire thing within, you know, this virtual representation of the actual crime scene. Huh. And so that happened. What, that which is which is fascinating <laughs> and very very cyberpunk. Congratulations China. Uh but yeah. what to what end? I mean, like was that made to to help the jury empathize with uh the scenario that he was speaking on or well, to be fair, I think that it would definitely help juries actually understand what really happened. Because, I mean, what do we have today? Like, somebody would have to sit there and, like, CG a, you know, dramatic representation of what occurred or not. Instead, the guy's able to basically, like, walk into that space and explain the entire thing. So it's almost like you just went on a field trip to the actual crime scene where the witness was able to go, they did this and then that and then the other. And then he grabbed this thing and, you know, like, really walked them through it in a blow-by-blow. So, I mean, this is really about educating the jury heavily on what's what really actually happened. Um, I mean, otherwise, it's just sort of like, well, you know, this guy walked in and then I guess, you know, he attacked him from behind and he had this knife thing with Jigger. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I find it hard to imagine a scenario where if I was one of the jurors, I wouldn't just be like, well, that was unnecessary. (laughs) <laughs> especially since if like maybe if everybody had vr headsets on and they were work- walking everybody through it virtually i could see maybe or if they were trying to sway your opinion and put you in the perspective of the victim something like that or if the actual physical environment was very very important to what was going on or not to be able to truly understand the case the thing that i think is weirdest about this is thinking about someone having to program the low poly assets for this whole experience yeah 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 that that yeah that's kind of where i'm hung up on it it's like if they had enough to do this like how is it much different than just generating a pre-rendered video that was that the victim was like okay then i was here then i was here like why did the victim have to do it in real time in front of them well that was probably for the sympathy definitely um but i mean it is interesting to think about like how that would wind up going in the future i mean heavy rain right what the video game heavy rain what does that have to yeah do the video it? game heavy rain i was... played that what the shit have you played oh. uh, fahrenheit or... i feel like i'm probably not alone in the listener base either so just saying the name of a video game and... okay have you played well, fahrenheit the whole or prophecy? Is... no oh, heavy thanks. rain is incredibly depressing and a very weird game i mean i don't know that there's too many things really like it because it's just so very bizarre it's more but, like a uh, it's a choose-your-own-adventure type video game, basically. Oh. It's also just super depressing. Right? <laughs> like, uh, anyway, the whole point about it is is that there's like a CIA agent in it, and he actually has like a futuristic augmented reality setup, which to me is one of the most bizarre parts about the entire game. Oh, yeah, I saw, they... I saw a Minority Report. <sighs> it's not really necessarily a great <laughs> analogy with this, but... <laughs> Anyway, it basically brings up the whole thing of like if you have AR, if you have like video cameras on agents glasses and are able to actually go to the scene and, you know, all of the connect style uh, room mapping technologies so that they can actually pull up tons of data, you know, do like Batman style chemical analysis on site and all those sorts of things. You could actually imagine then having entire teams of specialists basically in virtual reality through those people's glasses being participatory on the scene as almost like holograms, well, like, you I know, mean, going around checking shit. You can design version 2.0, but it sounds like the 1.0 with only the victim being in VR and everybody else watching through a 2D monitor sounds like just kind of pointless. I just can't imagine a scenario where that was helpful. Kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. But yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, I can't imagine it being helpful either. Do we, what, what were the results what of this? What if it was an assassination? What if 
it was because there was a specific angle that you could only see through. And so he was able to actually go and be like, you can't really see, but if you get right here, you can get a clean why, shot. Why, on. I love again, the why random they, accent that you get while you go there. Yeah, for a Chinese guy. And, and again, why could they have not have pre-rendered this? Because they, they could have just, you know, shown all these angles and important shit. They already had it rendered out in 3D. And, and also, making the witness relive some sort of crime doesn't sound like the greatest thing ever either. Maybe it wasn't like a very super violent crime but could you imagine if it was a murder and you're like all right we're gonna put these it was a murder we're it gonna... was a murder yeah it was okay. actually a murder well okay so <laughs> so it's a witness yeah it's okay, a witness so... to the murder but still you're making them relive shit in 3d yes in the courtroom that's awful <laughs> <laughs> okay so, China. so in my mind i mean they is, to be fair they did just pointless. elect their president president for life so this is they did did they or did the president push something? Stupid? The only witness of a murder. I've never heard of China having much choice in anything political. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So we pointed out that they could have probably pre-rendered it. And you're also maybe giving your victim some sort of PTSD. Or a witness. Probably. Yeah, this is a dumb idea. I'm going to categorize this under dumb. Okay, well then. Doom. That was the sound of the stamp. Uh, it says dumb. Wait, where did we letters. get a stamp? <laughs> Shit. So this is the part of the show where we point out that Nerdy Show and all the programs in the Nerdy Show Network are entirely listener supported. And we rely on you to keep this and other shows in the Nerdy Show Network alive. You can tell a friend. That's pretty rad. You can rate and review us on iTunes. That's super helpful. Also, Podchaser, a burgeoning up and coming uh, resource for podcast discovery, the IMDb of podcasts, so I'm told. You can rate and review not just shows, but also individual episodes there. And you can also provide us with your hard-earned money on a monthly basis via Patreon, and that is the best way to keep us, an independent platform, alive. We have some new patrons. Who are they? SCSCMA Bookstore at 1112 Stephen Street. You don't you read everything put in front of you? Yes. That's a receipt. Well, why was it in front of me? I don't know. What is it? It's for a three by uh, three by five leather pentagram. Okay, that's Ghostbusters spoilers. You put that away. Well, what was it doing here on the table? It fell out of the bag. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. That's Doug's business. So this other piece of paper. Should I just start reading random trash too? No, is that, is yes. that what we're doing now? <laughs> so our new patrons are John Lees and Stephen William. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining Nerdy Show on Patreon. You kind, wonderful souls. You visited patreon.com slash nerdy show and you did your business. Right on us. Also, we have pentagrams for you. <laughs> yeah, email us and we'll send you a pentagram. <laughs> we also have a message from Big Bad Shadow Man. Oh yeah, he, that's another way you can support us. You can support us by purchasing things that you would normally buy otherwise through our Amazon links. Yeah, it's true. That is a way to support us. And uh, Big Bad, he wrote it. He wrote in and told us what he bought. What he buy? He says, after the last Lightning Dogs hangout, I got the Art of Shin Godzilla book, and oh man, there is a bunch of freaky stuff in it. I also bought something through our Amazon links recently. I bought a power supply for my mining rig. Oh, that's that's great. That's very expensive. Yeah, it probably gave us some decent cash. Probably. Thanks, Trench. Tens of cents. Thanks, Trench. <laughs> <laughs> and some pocket it all adds up it all adds up now through our patreon there's an assortment of different perks that we have available and one of them is to have a shout out and it just so happens that jeffrey mcsorley has requested a reoccurring shout out john will you please do the honors do you have old shirts shirts that are nerdy but have holes in them or simply are too stretched out from wearing them over the last one two or even five years well boy howdy do i have a suggestion for you Toss out your old crummy clothes or donate to a thrift store and replace them with genuine nerdy show t-shirts. Yes, you heard me right. You too can replace your faded Mario and Game of Thrones tees with the likes of your favorite nerdy show network show. Show support for nerdy show to your friends or just get a Picathor and astound all around you with its glory. Eliminate the ragged shirts of yesteryear and replace your wardrobe with all the shirts that Nerdy Show has to offer. Just follow the links at nerdyshow.com slash store. Thanks. Another way you can support us is by giving us a one-time donation. And every so often, a kind soul wanders in and says, Hey, I just want you to have a big lump sum of money. Here you go. 
And that's what happened, well, when Kutsushita dropped $50 on us, as he's been doing quite often recently. Thank you so much, Kutsushita. And then also, out of the blue, we got $50 and this letter from L. Tomsa. Long time no talk, so I'll get right to it. Uncle Sam was kind to me this year, so I thought I would give back to a network that has brought me so much joy over the past six years. If I sound familiar, it's because I'm the proud owner of the Southern Maryland Ghostbusters franchise, though we only saved the world once. Additionally, you may remember me from my participation in the Star Wars coloring contest, but I digress. I recently purchased two new controllers for my PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4 through your website link on Amazon. This one-time donation I made through nerdyshow.com, however, presents me with a fun problem. With the amount of awesomeness that you guys put out on a weekly, monthly, and yearly basis, where in the heck do I direct my support? In that regard, I'll leave it in your capable hands. Please use this to get that one thing you're so close to being done, that one thing you really want to put out for everyone but haven't quite yet. Let this be that little nudge that it needs to get it done. I don't know what that thing is. Only you do. Please surprise me and everyone else with what that thing is. Yours nerdery, L. Thompson. P.S. Shout out to the Lost Boys, John Carter, Brian Clevenger, and Barty, er, uh, Colin. P.P.S. Star Wreck, please. Well, mmm, Thompson. Well, 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 what I can do for you is this. I can say that we are still working on Star Wreck, and I can say that that money is going to be very well spent on Star Wreck and other things that we need to spend money on for post-production and so on. And I can also play you this audio, which is from an early demo version for the Star Wreck theme written by the band Holy Pink. <laughs> get for now do you want cthulhu cap because that's how you get cthulhu no that's that's a different show that's this is how you get star wreck cthulhu is another program that's also forthcoming no one can see your cute little face matt anyhow i mentioned earlier rating and reviewing us on itunes and podchaser and sometimes people do that and we read their kind and wonderful messages Bor, what you got for us all right i found a guest slash performer release that i'll read an excerpt do from. not do that <laughs> i agree that company shall be the exclusive owner of all copyright and other rights in and to the programming the performance d no. and oh <laughs> Dude, that's the wrong sheet of paper oh i thought we were just re reading random shit that we found i hate this bit gag <laughs> Quantity. Oh, one. oh, oh, this one that says iTunes in, in reviews. Okay, got it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay, so these are, these are iTunes reviews. So somebody yeah. uh, went under the Derpy Show iTunes and they reviewed our episode 300 and they say uh, the Wizard of Retcon says. I forgot how much of a gem this stupid podcast was until this episode jogged my memories. All the shenanigans and complete lack of coherency in this show make it in my top five-ish. Well, I am almost thrilled about that. <laughs> Thanks, Wizard of, of Retcon. And if you would like to indulge in Derpy Show 300, you should head to nerdyshow.com slash derpyshow. Or derpyshow.com. Oh, or derpyshow.com. Okay, and then we got another iTunes review. I assume this is just for Nerdy Show the show. Yeah, it is. It says, ch 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 check it out by Chim Chim's Revenge. These guys know their stuff, and the show covers a gamut of nerdy topics. The hosts are fun, and each has a great personality in their own right. Deserves way more attention than it's getting. Nerdy show is not to be missed. Nice. Nice, Chim Chim. Nice. 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 Sales receipt number 126339. Why? And this can says Prongles. <laughs> That's great. 
I didn't pop yet. Damn it. Dang. Have you seen Altered Carbon, Cap? I did. Did you guys talk about Altered Carbon? No, I haven't seen it. We haven't talked about it. Nothing. What are you? What are you doing? What does what that? What does that sigh mean? Is that sigh at me? Is that a sigh at altered? Carbon? That's a sigh. At I you feel like for... we did talk about how my favorite character was a hotel. We did. That say was, that. I think, on on Slack or no? Well, I think I said it on the show. We were talking about cyberpunk in our last full yeah. length episode. We were talking yeah. about the the amazing Netflix film Mute. Um, we kind of briefly touched on. Yeah, Poe is great though. That's yeah. the name of the hotel. Yeah, everyone says good things about that hotel, that sentient hotel. I just know it exists. I, I don't know anything else about it. So what, what do we need to know about Altered Carbon? What's Sell it to me, Matt. Make me think, boy, there's a lot of things I could do with my extremely limited time, but I'm going to make that the thing that I do. So uh, you're a big fan of cyberpunk and Blade Runner and just weird sci-fi. Mm-hmm. This is all sorts of amalgamation of Blade Runner and cyberpunk and weird, crazy sci-fi. The whole weird premise behind the entire show is that everybody has these little discs called stacks inserted into their spinal column somewhere like right above right in the middle of their neck it yeah like. that seems like a good move go on yeah it's uh it and does... it, it continuously backs up your consciousness onto this disc so if you like get into an accident or die or something as long as that disc doesn't get damaged you can just put you into a new body and bodies are sort of seen as disposable sleeves yeah that's what so, they're the slang form is sleeves and yeah, it's any a body. very very dystopian society where if you're poor or just average you know, if you something happens to you and they put you in a new sleeve, there's no guarantee that you're going to get your own body. You're just or gonna even get... one that's remotely anything so like what you would want. They had a scene in the opening of the show where the, it's a seven year old girl that got hit by a car and they put her in the body of like a 70 year old woman because that's just what they had. Uh, unless that's nice. unless you're rich and one of the, you know, one percent that can afford to have your body, you know, cloned and stored. So that when you die, you can be put into your own body. If you want your original body. I have a question. Why didn't they just let the little girl die? That's part of the way society has just evolved, where it's because... Their your, parents wanted her back. Your consciousness is forever preserved on this stack, unless the stack itself is destroyed. It's death itself is not kind of seen as like permanent. final and permanent mm. as it is. So it's almost more ethical to put you back but there's a lot of they touch on other things like people like you would just said where like they're they don't want to come back so some people have like a do not uh re-sleeve uh-huh. order <laughs> yeah it's like a, a dnr for, for religious purposes or whatever so they're going sleeveless yeah exactly <laughs> cool. no but but then you know if if you have that kind of technology if say somebody was murdered but you were able to recover their stack then wouldn't you want to be able, like even if they had a do not re-sleeve order, wouldn't you want to be able to boot that person up for a few minutes and just figure out who their murderer was? So there's like weird ethical questions like that that they deal with along with the overall story, which is just... Um, they have I, a lot of um, prostitution where it's like people are that can afford to pay for it are actually paying to be able to kill people. So it's like uh, smut films, basically. You mean snuff films? Yeah, there we go. Snuff films. And then uh, <laughs> what was some of the other crazy shit? That was, they were having uh, like fight clubs where people are put into like genetically modified bodies that are basically oh, like... Oh, yeah. You could have fights to death without any steady. permanent problems. Yeah. I think they were... Yeah. Weren't they fighting for essentially pinks? Yeah, Pink basically. Slips, like you get upgraded bodies if you win? Yeah. the the At the super rich party. Yeah. This sounds not too dissimilar from some of the core premise of the surrogates the comic book not the film i haven't seen the film i mean it's probably the same but i don't know has anybody seen or read the surrogates but tre- not no but trench and i haven't really touched on the main story uh but we probably don't really even need to like the world is really cool by itself and then there's sort of a story of it's one of, of those ones that just kind of throws you into on. the universe it doesn't really give you a whole mm-hmm. lot of like over time it explains the universe yeah. and gives you an idea but Starting out, it just kind of throws you in, and like you're in the deep end, no idea what the fuck's going on. That's an interesting premise. What about um, Electric Dreams? Has anyone watched Electric Dreams on Amazon? No. That's a Philip K. Dick inspired thing. It's got John. It's got uh, Janelle Monae in it, the Arch Android. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen it though. Hmm. Does she sing? I don't know. No. She. I mean, she was in Stargate Universe. What? As herself. What? Really? Yeah. 
<laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. That's super weird. Awesome. I mean, she was on Earth performing as herself, so it wasn't that weird. Really. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not. So it wasn't. It wasn't exactly like that time that yeah, she wasn't like Bill on Nye another planet at herself. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, they were still just on Earth as themselves, like doing things that weren't too out of. So it wasn't like they cut to a Janelle Monae music video and they're like guest starring Janelle Monae. No, like the characters went to her concert. Okay. Yeah. Huh. She a Stargate fan? Seems like she probably would be. I don't know. Maybe. I've never met her. <laughs> I'll ask her. I've never met her either. <laughs> no, actually, actually, that's not true. I did meet her. What? How like, could you forget that? You just forgot that? Well, it's it's weird. Okay, so, it, I mean, I did meet her. I met her in the same way, like, hey, I really love your music. Nice to meet you. Like, that, I mean, it was that. I mean, that I, sort of counts. Sort of. I, I've I've seen her speak at Moogfest a couple times, and uh, last time she was there, she was doing a panel about Hidden Figures, the movie she was in last year, which I wanted to see but didn't end up seeing. I heard it was okay. Um, I imagine thousands of people probably have stories like that about meeting me. They're like, oh, well, you know, I just got to say, hey, Boar. Hey, really, really, really love Derpy Show. It's great. Um, It's one of my, it's in my top five-ish shows. And I can't even imagine how many people out there have that kind of story to tell. I mean, that, well, and I'm flattered, you know, that I, that I'm able to say that. (laughs) At least you've stayed humble. Yeah. I mean, this is the, I'm the most humble person that I know. I did not have what you would call a conversation with Janelle Monae, but she was very sweet and very nice for the all of two seconds that we interacted. Sweet. Maybe someday I can have something resembling an actual conversation with her. I thought you were going to say relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. She seems really nice. <laughs> but I would say if you, if you haven't seen it yet, you need to see Altered Carbon. I yeah. know it has kind of gotten some negative reviews from critics but that's because it's sci-fi and weird the only thing about that show is it's like a very heavy show like i had a hard time watching more than two episodes in a row just because like so much is going on and you like kind of need time to process it and i don't know it's just more light-hearted shows i find it easier to like there's also through. it's not for kids no not no, even not even a little bit there's lots did of, anyone imply that it was it's it's like the most gory there's for you know thing yeah, full frontal male and female nudity, drug use, violence. Yeah, you name it. Any every single vice you can think of is I mean, so like on the same scale as Westworld? Uh maybe worse. Well, maybe worse. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I don't think did Westworld have too much knife raping? I still haven't seen Knife raping. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my, that's my favorite word combo, Boar. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to get into specifics by what I meant by that either. Because <laughs> yeah. it might be worse than you think. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'll Sign me up. <laughs> Super psyched for that. They might not have actually showed that. I might, they might have, just, they, I think they just talked about They'll it. But talk anyway. About it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got a, I got a bit weird comic book slash movie news. Um, the the com- how much knife rape is it? Uh, Are Pogs getting their own comic book and movie? Pogs the comic book, Pogs the movie. You remember that the, the little like Pog mascot? He was kind of like a little caveman. Who's playing Slammer? Um, actually, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, sweet. yeah, I- exactly. And and Adam Sandler, as 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 expected, is taking the lead as the little Pog caveman. <laughs> Pogsley, they named him. He didn't have a name before, but he's just called Pogsley now. And uh, let's see, uh, 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 Adam Savage is playing a Magic 8-Ball. and um, Receipt total, 24-43. This is good improv. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Flying without a net here. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so, okay, dig this. This is, this is the most unusual juxtaposition. Never would have been a million years. Assume this is going to happen. This is super weird. Archie is being yet again adapted, but this time officially as a Bollywood film. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> this doesn't sound like the same unexpected. Like Archie is gonna be a very dark primetime soap opera. That and you're like, oh no! That I mean, same thing, right? If Riverdale was good, <laughs> could this not be also good? Uh, uh I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. This is gonna be the. I mean, fir- I, I will admit to not being like a connoisseur of Bollywood films, but just what I know about. Bollywood and the tendencies they have. Think about the song of Jughead singing to a hamburger. Oh no. That's gonna be so good. 
I want that. <laughs> yeah, I want that it too. Needs to be Dollar Monday. Yes, Dollar Monday is going to be, and he's not. They haven't announced the cast. Anyway, this is going to be the first international comic to be translated to Indian screens. This is the first time there's been an official adaptation. I mean, there was this, there's Indian Spider Man. That wasn't official. Um, it's in early stages. There's no release date announced yet. Um, but it is with Archie Comics in partnership with the largest comics group in India, Graphic India, who do a bunch of stuff with Grant Morrison. Um, it, there, this is like a, a pretty big production, so it. Sh- I don't, you know, is it gonna? I'm imagining an Indian guy with like a blonde wig, and, and I think that's the mean. No, like, it's it's uh. gonna be it's gonna be an all Indian cast. This is meant to be an, a truly Indian adaptation of the character archetypes of the Archie comics. Yeah. Okay. I just imagine they're gonna put really weird wigs on them, and they're gonna look weird. No, they they put a great emphasis on it having like an Indian cast, and then that being. A component of it so okay that's good yeah so it, yeah <laughs> yeah it's not going to be like this reverse whitewashing i don't know whatever whatever the wigs imply oh um kind of like what happened with full metal alchemist what, what happened with full the, metal new, alchemist? the newest full metal alchemist movie i've heard people to say like, bad things about it but i don't know anything about any of it the well the reason one. it's bad isn't what i was going to say but the the movie is about european uh people and then they kind of like put wigs on japanese people oh yeah it was weird that is weird yeah huh okay well that's that is that is an odd choice that's an odd choice but yeah indian cast that's going to be the point it's going to the there's a they have a, a graphic for it and it's it's the silhouettes of archie jughead veronica and betty um like on a car looking out over this vague indian skyline of modern buildings and you know, traditional Indian architecture. So that's the vibe, I guess. It's going to be, I don't know, cut from that cloth. I can tell you that I'm probably not going to watch it. Okay, well, I'm going to watch it, and I'll tell you what I think. Okay, sweet. But do, you know, do, you know about Deal. The, do you know about the other Archie series that's happening? Oh, no. There's, what now? There's a Sabrina series coming to Netflix. Uh. Hold on, hold on. As my understanding is that it's based on the Sabrina horror comic that's currently out from Archie that is a very very rated R Lovecraftian Wait, what does Sabrina book. have to do with Archie? They're in the same universe. Oh god. Really? Yeah. Okay. They've actually mentioned the town that Sabrina's from just across the river a number of times in Riverdale. I would never have caught that because I never watched Sabrina enough to know what town she was from. Or or read Sabrina or I didn't even know it was a comic book. <laughs> yeah, it was a comic book before it was a hit 90s uh. sitcom. There's so much stuff to Are know. Sabrina the Teenage Witch? <laughs> yeah. Okay, just making sure I'm on the same page. Anyway, was that before or after? Is Clarissa in the next town over too? No, that was oh. that. That was the Nick property. Oh, okay. We'll see if they start rebooting any of their classic live. I'm gonna action have to stuff. find her I so she not. can explain it all. Yeah, I mean, I would love to hear her explanation of this. Do we have to resurrect Billy Bones so we can learn about the witches' secrets? That's another thing. Also, focus, focus. As opposed to witches, the uh, you know, really, really good witch movie. Yeah, the Roald Dahl witch movie, as opposed to Witches of Eastwick, another good witch movie. Well, the Blair Witch Project? A bad witch movie. <laughs> Are you sure? Witch Witch? A delicious sandwich. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Witch Witch. It's not. But I wish it was. Hey, Witch Witch. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some sandwiches. Oh, uh, yeah. we. Oh, boy. Witch Witch, we will, we'll talk about you all day long, baby. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Nerdy Show. We'll see you next week. Bye. I'm Cap. I'm Trench. I'm Boar. And I was John. And now you're not. Oh, shit. Not anymore. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.